0: With a name like Hannibal, you've got to be good. Oh yeah, you've got to be a killer.
1: (laughs) On this episode of the podcast, we discuss the doom and gloom surrounding Old Trafford and Man United. We also talk about Everton. And their searched to the top of the table, up the toffees. And we talk about the best and worst teams so far in the Premier League and the most entertaining, including Leeds United, who seem to score and concede more than everyone else. So sit back, relax, crack open a goal one. It's time for four manks, one toffee.
2: Is my sound all right, by the way? Because obviously I've, I've, not, I've left my laptop at work again, so I'm on my Mac. But I can't plug the microphone in my Mac because I'm irresponsible and I can't remember to buy one of the fucking adapters for the USB-C. You
1: sound like you've got the microphone. I was actually going to, I was ask about you, to say it, it right? sounds it sounds normal.
2: No, i it's, it's my Mac, so I presume the um, microphone's quite good. But um, yeah, I, I need one of those. I need an adapter from that to fucking <laughs> USB-C. But excuse me,
3: excuse- to buy one.
1: Excuse me, I'm on the Mac, so it might be a tonight. For how much you
3: fucking pay for a Mac, I will keep calling it a Mac. It's not a fucking laptop. Yeah, good point.
0: <laughs> oh, God, is that the ready? Like it? Deez. That's well. Are you uh, abstaining from alcohol, as, as your usual rule applies, Lee? No yeah. drinking?
3: No, I've not got a beer. I'll be... A- a- I'll be getting one at the uh, the halftime break.
0: Why You'll need it? Why? <laughs> <mean>? <laughs> is it, the thing is that bad? Is it still nil nil? Yeah. Yeah. Shit. I I watched, and to be fair, I don't think your boys are at the races. It's going to be <laughs> one nil. What to Luton? Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: No, I can't see them scoring. If, the if I we to if they score first, it might make the second half interesting. <laughs> That's what it needs, probably. L- Luton have had the better chances, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I've actually. Yeah. Also, Igalo. You know anything, you know? Igalo, what's the switch with him? Did you loan him again? Did you extend yeah, the loan?
3: Yeah, th- they extended his loan up until January. Do think need him? We a in January. Mm. Yeah, we, I think we need him because uh, apart from Rashford and Martial, he's our only other option. And if he's resting them two tonight, we'd end up having to play Lingard up front. know,
0: got like this under-21 squad full of great it, There's this,
3: what's his name? Hannibal, somewhat or other, that everyone's raving about. Yasuo,
0: yeah, that's the one, yeah. Uh, but he's only 17. 17. With a name like Hannibal, you've got to be good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you've got to be a killer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's your intro, sorry, Chris. <laughs> I'm I'm not ready, I'm only five minutes into this, I've not geared myself up for shit like that yet.
0: You think we're five minutes in, the record button only went on about like 30 seconds ago and he's pulling out one one from the fucking bottom of the bag already. And i was fucking hell. I'm, I'm as, soon as, he said that, a...
1: as soon as he said that, it was like Silence of the Lambs. Whoa. Cut that. What do you mean cut that? That's not worse than Lee's fucking German joke, is it?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I still don't I still don't get it. I was still listening to it this morning. I still don't find what part of it is meant to be funny. I wasn't in the podcast well, when
0: he said it. And I listened to it for the first time when I listened to the podcast the morning it came out. And I was just shaking my head as I was walking. I was like, what is <laughs> <about?"> <laughs> it's
2: just average, isn't it? It's on average. Missed once, missed left. If you average it out, he's got it in the middle.
0: No, just, just quit there, mate. <laughs> what, what's average about the Germans? They're fucking great everything they did. No,
2: no, it's, it's, it's precision, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> it's specific. <laughs>
3: yeah. You know it's a joke's shit true. when you've got to explain it.
1: I uh, could slay, I could slay your average joke, but that'd just be mean.
0: Oh!
1: <laughs> Can, Can, I Can I just leave?
0: Can I
3: just
1: leave? <laughs> Danny and his going Media, I can make a joke about that <laughs> Mate,
3: I was, watching, I was watching a TikTok earlier About um, GCSE maps About working out angles in between Three hexagons And how easy it looked And I thought to myself Ten years ago, why I could do that? I wouldn't even have a fucking clue where to start now
2: Yeah, I saw something similar to that Oh, Penalty
0: if, if TikTok are doing videos on hexagons and maths, then it needs fucking binning right off right now. Has
3: been yeah. in America. <laughs> They've fucked it off, haven't they? they don't like no, it. I think they're, they're allowing it, aren't they? Because they're going to get American buyers instead. Uh, Wasn't one of them Trump.
1: Walmart? <laughs> I heard one of them was Walmart or something. That's how <laughs> desperate yeah. they are. I thought you were making a joke then. That's why I didn't no, react. I, no, I, yeah. I genuinely heard one of them was Walmart. <laughs> Where's this going? No, I genuinely one of his warm. I'm not sure to get an American buyer. It, the company
3: started with a no. I know that, but I don't know who it was. Oracle. I don't. I don't really care to be honest. America's in the bin.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's only a penalty from that
3: to that. Ta- talking about in the bin, boys.
1: Oh well, yes, you segwayed before I could do it. I love it. I love it. Love a
3: little segway. I mean, how deep do we want to say that the season's over already after that first game? <sighs> Let's get the bad out of the way and then we'll let Josh have his fucking celebration period later. <laughs> it's
2: just, I don't get half, the, i tell you what City embarrassed us last night because last night was their first game in the season um, after playing like, what well, basically no preseason, and they were classed. The first half last night, they were sick. Um, Wolves came back into it in the second half, but the, well, City was just, quality against the opposition that they've struggled against uh, traditionally recently. Um, so for, which makes us look even more stupid in the way that, Oh yeah, we, we've not done too well because we, we've not really had much of a preseason. And this is, this is palace's fourth professional uh, competitive game. And it's just like, now we'll just look stupid because palace definitely deserved to beat us. We were awful. We were lethargic. We were slow. We had lo- no ideas um, we looked tired and like half the players weren't fit. Um, and it's almost like the negativity surrounding the club on social media has seeped its way onto the pitch somehow um, because yeah. they're not making transfers or they're not signing anyone. Um, whether we're in for all these targets or we're not, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. We're Manchester United. Like We never used to go through these targets. There used to be bang, there's a signing, bang, there's a signing, bang, there's a signing before anyone could notice. Now our name gets dragged around all of the transfer pages. And then whether we're in for him or not, it still makes us look stupid when we don't sign anyone. Um, Van der Beek looks like a decent sign, but where the fuck are we going to go from here? Sancho's obviously not happening anymore. Um I just don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> can no one, can, can, we, does can we go
3: back to like podcast two or three where we're all convinced that Sancho was coming? And now it's just know. resided in like It's just like, yeah. I want to go. I want to touch back to the one of the points you made where it was like slow, lethargic, no, no mm. pressure on the ball. Like the Palace defenders had so much time. Um, the the player map of average positions was the one that really killed it for me. Where everyone was on that left hand side, yeah. just leaving Dan James and fosu Mentor on the right. No wonder Ayu and Zaha had a fucking field day against them two. Mm. It. it uh, why? Why we've done it since Mourinho, maybe even since Van Gaal. What is this obsession with playing down the left-hand side with United at the moment? Like cool. I know we used to do it when when we were looking at like the two thousand eight and nine days with Patrice Evra. Like you boys remember that every attack started from Patrice Evra, kind of like what Marcelo's doing for Madrid or has been doing. Mm-hmm. We were always shit without Evra in the team because Evra was the one that started every single attack. Luke Shaw is not Patrice Evra.
1: No. Yeah,
3: Brandon no Williams is not Patrice Evra. we need we need this right-sided player we were just talking about Dan James before we started recording I think it was on the group chat I hope he goes to Leeds at least on loan and be able to use him like he deserves to be used because when he was at Swansea everything was in behind the last defender and he's, he's got this God-given ability as one of the quickest players in the league and what do we do? We give it to him to feet and tell him to beat a man that's not his strength no that's not his strength at all. We've out off this right winger. We've got one who, on his day, can be any fullback in the league. All he's got to do is run, and we've mm-hmm. got the passers to do it. Pogba can pass behind the defence. Van der Beek can do it. Fucking hell! Even Jesse Lingard could play through ball, but we don't do it. We should play. I don't, I don't it like, get it. Um, like Jamie Vardy plays for Leicester, like, exactly.
2: Yeah, exactly. on the defender, balls over the top. And I keep saying this that every time I watch United. I feel like. I'm falling into the same sort of trap, like a broken fucking record. I'm sat there. I'm like, a team is defending high against us. Uh, sorry, defending deep against us. Um, we can't break them down. They get the ball. What should we do? Put it over the top, like, to someone. If they, they're coming onto us and they're pressing us down in our own half, just put some balls over the top behind the defence. But we never, ever do it. We get the ball into midfield where there's a fucking massive gap um, that no one's trying to come in and drop in and try and take a bit of responsibility. I don't know what the fuck Pogba does half the time. Um, and ball ends up that back the centre back again. And it's just, it, it's like the same pattern over and over again. And it, it it must come from the coaching and the manager because those are world-class players, some of them, or they were. Bruno Fernandes is a world-class player. Paul Pogba's a World Cup winner. Like, you're not telling me that they're dropping into midfield or not dropping into midfield to then pass the ball back to centre-backs again or they're not seeing these opportunities where they're being pressed high in their own box and not think, seeing people like Rashford and Martial and Dan James or whoever we've got playing on the right, Mason Greenwood they're not making the runs in behind to drop the ball over the top four like, it just seems too obvious to me um, as a spectator, as never been a player of the game in my life it, it makes me think, am, am I missing something? Am I, have I got this blatantly wrong? Or
3: what's no. going on? Like It just doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't understand why no. there's no plan B. You're not, you're not missing anything, mate. There's a great part on the Spurs documentary where Mourinho's warning his Spurs players about the danger of that over-the-top-three ball from Pogba, um, which, if you look at all of Rashford's like quality moments for us, especially against Spurs, it's been a Pogba ball over the top or in behind the defence for him to run to. Martial, Greenwood and Pogba. Not Pogba, sorry. Uh, Martial, Greenwood and Rashford. Am I missing that, Yeah,
1: Martial, Greenwood and Rashford. Fuck me. No.
3: <laughs> got that.
1: I was, I was waiting and I was like, come on. He's broken. He's no. crushed.
3: <laughs> Martial, Greenwood and Rashford. Three of the quickest fucking forwards in the league. Like I you said, you've got to make that pass. They, they, I don't think they want the ball to feet. They want it in behind, especially Rashford. Rashford is dying to latch onto a fucking through ball. Only one um, of them who
1: wants a ball to feet is Mason because Mason is yes. just quality off both sides, lads. I don't know about you, but United broke me last weekend. I just had enough. I've, I've literally had I enough. I just can't. I can't watch this shit anymore. Like, and it goes in waves as well. Like, we had such a good ending to to, to last season. And then it kind of went into this shit with the fucking semi-final in the FA Cup and then the semi-final in Europe and the Europa League. And we've just started the season again and it is just fucking wank. That team you put out against Palace the other day, fucking, Rafa Nadal has a stronger right side than we had against Palace the other day. It was (laughs) shocking. (laughs) Fosu Mensah, just play Juan Basaka, Just fucking play him. I don't care how unfit he is.
3: He couldn't get in the Fulham team two years ago.
1: He's just—I don't know what he's doing. And I, you know, Diego I playing Imagine starting fosu Menta and he's got Zaha to fucking deal with. And we all—we all talk about Zaha. You know, is he passed his best? he's—he's still quality. He's still the linchpin of that Palace side. He's the only big threat that Palace side have got. And he tore fosu Menta a new fucking asshole last weekend. I couldn't believe what I was watching. And only just—he just. I don't know what he's thinking. I'm, I'm not Oli out. Of course I'm not. I still back him and I still think he's a man for the job. But we've got to back him. We've got to back him because
3: we don't have the players. Going back to Sposie Mentor, we've got to remember as well, he's a fucking centre-back by trade. He's yeah. not a right-back. Mm-hmm. You've got Diego Dallo sat there. Whether he's in favour or he's not, he's a right-back. Play someone in the position. Hell, even play Brandon Williams over there. Play a yeah. full-back where a full-back that. plays. Play football or football don't he is a play, play back, a centre back. Yeah, I think so. Well, he's not a left back after this performance tonight. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> don't play a centre back there. Don't play a centre back there that hasn't played football in years. You couldn't get in the Fulham team two years ago. Def- I, I, I watched a really good video earlier today on, on the True Geordies channel uh, on the kickoff show, and they were talking about this decline that United have had over the last few years. And one of the lads said something very, very interesting and you're obviously fully Ollie in, Chris. I'm on the fence. I I want to back him because he's a United legend but I've not seen enough to think he is the man to drive us forward. And what I think was Rory said was something perfect. We've done ourselves a favour because now Pochettino is just going to be sat at that phone waiting for it to ring now. Like he must be on, like, ready on standby, ready to go. Now, I don't I don't want to see Ollie sacked. I don't like seeing any manager sacked. Especially, like, it's one game. It is only one game. But the performance, you said about it breaking you, it really reminded me, I don't know about you, guys, it, it reminded me of that 2-0 loss we took against Burnley, the game before Bruno signed. Yeah.
1: And that, will say and that though, right
3: there was breaking point for me. And that felt
1: s- like it again on Saturday. I will say this now, lads. The football we play under Ollie is Miles better. We've got we're very fickle sometimes as football fans and we've got short memories. Some of the football we played on the Moys mm-hmm. was dreadful. Some of the football we played under Van hal was dreadful. Some of the football we played on the Mourinho was dreadful. Ollie plays a better brand of football. You can see the game plan. You can see the, the culture he's trying to instill back in the club. And you can't tell me, right, I'm sick of fucking hearing all of the memes that Alex Crook again on fucking Talksport the other day. Going on about, you know, if if, if Oli became available, would any top club take him? Would he yeah, take Lampard? Yeah. But you never talk about Lampard, do you? Lampard has done absolutely fuck all in football. I'm sick of hearing about it. Lampard come not give a fuck about his transfer ban. It was not a transfer ban. You had players come in last season. You had all these fucking players come back off loan. You finished fourth. You finished fourth behind Oli. Oli was apparently shit and Lampard apparently is the second coming of Jesus, bastard Christ. I'm sick of hearing about how good Lampard is, mm-hmm. but Ollie gets slated left, right and centre. he's done the best he fucking can. It was a miracle that he finished third last season. City and Liverpool are so far ahead of everyone else at the moment. It is unreal. And Oli was the best of the rest with United. The thing
2: is, though, one thing that you were saying there, the brand of football that he's playing is, um, is better than Mourinho or whoever else. I think that, that all that's saying is how bad the quality of football was that we had under Mourinho and Van Gaal, etc. Because at the minute, it seems like Oli has a plan A. And if plan A doesn't work, just keep
3: doing plan A. It's like you said about the England team. Yeah. It's we, plan A or we'll smash your head
1: a- at the wall until it works. But the difference with yeah. England is we don't have the resources for a plan B at United. We don't, we don't have the, have the resources... resources.
3: Who's our plan B? Orion you Igalo? He doesn't like playing Igalo in the league.
1: This is what I'm saying. And that,
3: That's my biggest problem with volley is he has got the resources there. Igalo is there to be used. We brought him in. We extended his loan for fuck's sake. And then he, he just doesn't use him. Why do we not throw on Igalo with 25 minutes to go on Saturday and just cause them defenders just a bit of a... Just be a fucking big block in front of them. Because he's him. Like, just be... A, yeah. Then, then don't have him. Like, don't extend his loan. That's yeah, poor management as far as I'm concerned.
1: Like, that is poor point. management. But, you know, when you're desperate, I mean, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. For all we know, and a very strong respect, he's been told a few times, it's a or nothing.
3: Well, funny enough, this is what they were saying on this, this uh, True Jordy video as well, is like, Oli is, unfortunately, is a yes man. He's the yeah. nicest manager that we've hired since Fergie left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fergie was very pro-Glazer. If you remember all his press conferences, he always helped out the Glazers. He always stuck up for them. Moyes never had a chance to slate them, but Van Hal and especially Mourinho, Mourinho especially went out of his way to complain about the management and the ownership and the fact that he wasn't getting the plays he wanted. He went out on a press conference, listed five centre-backs and didn't get a single one of them. Mm. Right. And that, they got rid of him because they're thinking, you don't want to point in finger holes. we're not going to give you the money. All he is a yes, man. If they tell him there's no money, he's going to sit there and defend them. So, We're
2: We're, We can't be in a world where Leeds United, uh, no offence but Everton, uh, Aston Villa, teams like that are spending more money than Manchester United. Even fucking Newcastle. Like Newcastle. Newcastle only had like five million We can't offers. exist in a world where that is true. Because I'm, that, that's not saying anything detrimental about those teams. It's saying detrimental things about Manchester United who are... Yeah biggest club in the world or maybe second or third we always switch places with Real Madrid and Barcelona in terms of the money we've got and the revenue and the spending power and to spend how much was Van der Beek? 30 Four million euros like Six, and, and that's it and then but apparently we supposedly had 100 million earmarked for Jaden Sancho Well, if we're not spending that anymore what's being done now it's like the rumour mill's dead for us at the minute apart from Alex Tellez where Every single fucking day, he's agreed terms. I've just literally mm-hmm. then in his agreed terms again. He must have fucking agreed terms about thirty times in the past two days. Oh, he's a
3: hundred percent signing for PSG.
2: Imagine, yeah,
3: imagine, and that would he, be I, will. I the, that's he exactly what's it happened. It's exactly what's happened with every
1: transfer we've had yeah. this season. I would be fucking they
3: does. They've agreed terms, even worse. The fees, the problem,
1: and then they go and sign someone else. Do you know who's better? Do you know who's better at signing players? Everton Football Club. Yeah. And when I so watched Western was- Football Club the other day against West Bromwich Albion, the first 15, 20 minutes got a bit rough, got a bit sketchy. Thought we might have built them up a bit too much here. And then you yeah. proceeded, proceeded, yeah, bar a, bar a second half equaliser when you were down to, well, they'd down to 10 men. That shouldn't have happened, but what a world of a free kick. Proceeded to absolutely wipe your proverbial balls and shaft all over the face of West Bromwich Albion. Bravo, mate. Up to Do you know what I did <laughs> and call
3: this. I did call that you would beat Spurs as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. You did. Well played to you, mate, because well, you know, I called that West Brom would be a stumbling block. I'm sure I said something like oh, <laughs> you yeah." first yeah. three points for them. And when they went one 0 up, I went, You fucking jinx. <laughs> 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 I, was, I was absolutely gutted. The um it's very un Everton like for us to come back. I think we talked about it in the group chat and it came up with a stat on Sky Sports during the game. But I think uh, of, of 30 occasions where Everton have gone 1 0 down, they've proceeded to, I think, draw nine. It could have been 40 occasions, actually. Draw nine, win one, and lose the rest. Shocking stats. That. It's oh. bad. And I know we're only playing West Brom, but there are, there are a lot of positives. For them to take from that game against us, because they played some excellent football against yep. us, and they've got two or three players in that club that can really go on to do some great stuff for them. That yep. that lad that they've signed from West Ham is it? Oh Brady He's classed him.
2: Had a Welcome.
0: great game, unbelievable game, and the, um, the Mateo Pereira the, as well. Pereira, yeah. They've just yeah. signed him, haven't they? they had him, did they have him on loan last year, and they've just yeah. signed him? Yeah. <laughs> what a great transfer that is for them because that, that kid's got some skill and that free kick was a peach. An yeah, I, I, I mean, when they went to, to all, I still wasn't worried. I always thought they were going to go on to win because they were down to 10 men by that point and obviously Bilic had been sent to the stand as well. So it's more difficult for a manager to relay what was going on there, by the way. I listened to it. I listened to what he was saying to the ref. He didn't, he didn't say anything wrong.
2: It
3: no, felt like but, Mike Dean literally just went on a power trip and just got rid of him straight away. He was like, fuck this, I can't be arsed dealing with you. You're gone.
2: Yeah. It was weird. No, it was really interesting. On talk, they were literally talking about this talk TalkSport on the way home today, and they had uh, Gabby Agbonlahore on, because uh, he's on there occasionally now as, a, as another like, host. And it, it sounds a lot to me like Gabby Agbonlahor fucking hates Mike Dean because he would not <laughs> let up about how much. Honestly, he, he said almost everything other than calling him a dickhead outright. In his head, he was thinking, don't say dickhead, don't say dickhead, don't say dickhead. <laughs> but, and, but honestly, the whole thing he said, I've probably had about 15 to 20 other like ex and current players texting me saying, yeah, well done for speaking out about Mike Dean. Everyone thinks he's a... Not a great man, uh, uh, not a great referee, and everyone I've spoken to also thinks that he's a bit of a liability at times, and he sometimes wants, and do you know what I mean? Like the whole thing, he, he was dying to call him a dickhead on live on air, and from, from the impression I got. It was a big power trip by Mike, a typical Mike Dean show. Uh, yeah, in Mike yeah. Dean's head, he's got his shirt off. He's planting a fucking flag with his face on it in the centre circle. <laughs> um, he's doing that thing of the Tramare game, you know, where he stood like in, in the crowd singing. He knows the cameras are on him. He knows that he's going to be talked about. And he's just, he seems he's very egotistical. Man. Yeah, he's a prick. Man. He's a
0: prick.
3: I actually quite like him.
0: <laughs> oh, he's great value,
3: isn't he? He's great entertainment value. This is it. Yeah, he knows, he knows that. that. He knows that.
0: Yeah. He is a prick for something in the crowd mm-hmm. giving it loads with the Jamai fans. That, yeah. I thought that was brilliant. Very unprofessional, but, but brilliant. Nonetheless. But, he's but made awesome. back to
3: that that West Brom game for you must have been like a real confidence lifter to see just come from behind. Uh, yeah, like I said, it was West Brom. Yeah, they had 10 men. But they're still the types of games that we've seen Everton ball so many times in the past. Yeah. So going beating Spurs, and not only beating Spurs, but you played them off the park. Like Spurs, yeah. Yeah, like Spurs, they weren't great, but you still had to go and do the job there. And you did. Yeah. And it could have been more. If Richarlison was on the ball a bit more, that could have been two or three quite comfortably.
0: Yeah, yeah, so that must know. have been a
3: massive confidence builder for you to see... That you've you've dragged a game back, and that you've you're at the top of the table.
2: Well, Everton have, yeah. um, you've actually broken two ducks, haven't you, in the past two games? Because you've won an, your first away game for about thirty years, and <laughs> um, you've won a game from after going down and coming back from behind for ages as well. Um, so,
1: yeah.
2: I mean, I tell you what, you I think, think... This, this podcast is going to be called fucking five toffees? Come the end of this podcast. Today. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think the, the you know, of of that statistic where it was like, there's only one other occasion where Everton have come back from being down. I'm not sure if the stats based on going 1-0 down or just going down in Don't general. Don't say it was the United 4-4. No, it was it was <laughs> last season against uh, Watford. We were down to 10 men and I'm sure we were 2-1 down. I brought it back to 2 all, and then actually... Walcott scored a winner I think that's how it panned out but we we, it was very un-Everton like once again and I remember it sticks in my mind because I'm not used to it like whenever <laughs> Everton go 1-0 I'm, I'm I'm looking for a draw I am looking for a draw if we ever go 1-0 down to United best I can hope for is a one-all draw like it's never a win that just doesn't happen so it is nice for us to to start to show some progression, we've spent enough money. Let's face it. So finally, under a good manager, it's all starting to click with the right signings. Which brings me on to James. Oh yes, <laughs> Puffy <Puppies. James. laughs>
3: <laughs> What
0: a lad! <laughs> He's what class. a player! He's fucking brilliant.
3: I loved it. I loved being in the pub on last Sunday. I was watching it with a Spurs fan, and. I showed you boys, I named our group chat after him. I put his picture <laughs> on the as a group chat. James Rodriguez, he made it. He's not played in about two years. Got 92 minutes, only got brought off for the standard ovation from at home anyway. The lad is a fucking baller. He makes the game look so easy.
0: He's filtry, isn't he is
3: a milk tray, innit?
0: What was that stat about him making no runs? But yeah, in,
3: he, like, got, he got Man of the that's... Match making no sprints in the whole game. What, <laughs> <run> ball, <laughs> it doesn't need to be. Don't to need to sprint. Do. Do. Nah, don't need to sprint. It. When the ball's being passed to you all times, like we said a couple of weeks ago, get the ball and give it to Hammers. Yeah, I got that and all. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, get the ball and give it to Hammers. You don't need to sprint because your your team is doing it for you. We said it in the chat as well. The ball don't get tired. Like yeah. the ball does not get tired. You just do your job. He can waltz around the pitch, and he, he does. He glides across the pitch. Like yeah. it doesn't matter crazy. that he's not got a right foot because try and stop him putting it on his left foot.
0: He's, he's not going to go past Luca Dean, those crossfield zips into his path every time. He did that so often. Even the commentators said, just pass it to Dean every time. He's <laughs> just looking for the And then Richardson, now I know that he missed that sitter against Spurs where he took it round, Hugo Lloris, but at least he's making the runs. And yeah. the last two games I've seen from Richardson, he looks hungry. He looks, mm. he looks sharp. He looks fast. Because I think at the back end of last season, he looked a little bit slow. And I think it's because he was probably unfit and possibly tired as well. Because, let's face it, what other attacking options do we really have? Other than obviously Calvert-Lewin, who's not, who's not a proper striker. and He's still learning his, his position and doing a very good job at it now. But Richard, Four in two. Yeah, four in two games. And he's an know, English player as well. Yeah. I just love to see an English player coming through scoring goals. I mentioned it in the last podcast. I wanted Harry Kane to do well this year. I, I, and obviously Danny Ings. I know he's ex-Liverpool, but it's great to see English players yeah. tearing it up in the Premier League because how many foreigners do we bring in? And I, I, mm. I love that about the Premier League. Well, I, I said Aguero. I absolutely love Aguero. I love Thierry Henry. But it's great to see English players doing it as well. Yeah, just, just yeah. gives us a bit of hope for the Tough future. so
1: of course it does. Such as Harry Kane, with four assists. What? Unreal. Oh, Unreal. for some as well. Like, Spurs looked like a different... He went 1-0 down against Southampton, and they just looked like an entirely different team. Did, did you watch it?
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: That first 45 minutes, they looked like they'd just rolled out of the Everton game. Yeah. They were absolutely... Yeah. To quote our missing partner today, Dale, they were absolutely dog-dirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and <Love> you, <laughs> yeah, hope you're enjoying your time away, mate. And then it came out in the second half. Like, the late goal of is it helps them. And it was definitely Alex McCarthy's fault. Gotta come and yeah. collect that as a keeper. Even you got a centre back shouting at you, come on Alex, and he runs away from it. Great finish, taking nothing away from the son. Fantastic finish getting across the keeper. But fuck me. What a second half performance. Yeah. Southampton, the even Spurs are doing it, both teams were playing such high lines that we were talking about using Dan James earlier for getting him in behind. They're the types of games where some was just sitting on that last man and thinking, I'm quicker than you. If you play this in
1: here, I'm gonna score. And that's what we need to start doing. Yeah. It showed me how how good is Kane's vision and passing game. Oh. Yeah. He's unreal, man. Well, if he takes if he has more games like that where he takes himself out of where he likes to be, which is that like selfish focal point, and and just takes a step back and thinks, actually, I'm gonna put a graft in for everyone else in around me. Can you imagine when Bale gets in there as well? If Bale's even a shadow just of what that,
3: like that front three, if Kane's got his vision on again and son and Bale are just running around him, almost like the Firmino, Mane and Salah only, Firmino scores. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
3: Like that that is gonna be one of the best front threes in the league if Bale kicks on. Because you've got Kane just playing through the other two, and he can finish. And he's probably one of the best finishers in the whole country, if not the world. (laughs) Yeah. Mental.
2: Here's a question for you all then. So one thing that happened this weekend through the weekend's fixtures is that we got, I think it was a record for the highest number of goals scored um, in a Premier League weekend, and there were three games with seven goals in them. Why, why do you think that is? What do you think has gone on there? Do you reckon it's to do with no crowds being in still, or do you reckon it's to do with just tired defences because
1: not much pre-season? What do you reckon it is? I think it's Echo Falls, Hans Rodriguez, and
0: up the Toffees. <laughs> hey. have, you seen, have you seen that Echo 4s are releasing a special? Yeah. Glass <laughs> <wine bottle?
3: laughs> that is class. That is class. You, you know what you're getting for Christmas of all of us this year. <laughs> right,
1: That's thing.
0: what I want. I want that, and I want a shirt sh- with Hammers on the back, please. Thanks.
1: <laughs> I just my favourite part of all. My favourite part of all of that is the fact that that Everton fan was obviously in the corner shop thinking right. Carlo and Hamas are going to drive past here in a bit and I've got to have something <laughs> to give him. Fucking <laughs> echo balls. <laughs> I, I think with the, with the goals,
3: I, and we'll, we'll come to slate in it later, I think VAR has definitely helped this yeah. weekend. Um, yeah. There's been a lot of decisions where people, and I don't know what your boys' opinions are on this, people criticised VAR last season for taking away a lot of goals. I just think it did the opposite and provided more goals last season. Like with the offside calls that were reversed with the penalties that were given. I mean, we're yeah. fucking, yeah. We're, we're, number one suspects for that. The amount of penalties last season that we got that we wouldn't normally get because of VAR. Um, I, I don't know. Tired defenses, maybe I've noticed from watching the games that I've watched. So many teams are playing a high line already mm. and it's really strange. I don't, it Liverpool. was a common pattern in a lot of the games. Yeah, you take the Liverpool Leeds game for example. Like I know it was two weeks ago, but still another game that had seven goals in it. Leeds and Fulham again, seven goals. Both defenses playing a really high line. Don't know if that's going to be a common theme this season. If it is, I'm all fucking for it because goals is entertainment. If United can yeah. capitalize on it anyway, I hope United don't play high line because uh, we can't get back.
1: I just I've had enough of it. I think it's. I think it's. It was an experiment in the beginning. I think it's not worked. I think we're not officiating it well. I think we're not putting it into play as well. I think we're changing the rules every five minutes. I'm seeing this last weekend. Before I say this, and let me just get this and make this abundantly clear, I am not a biased Man United fan. Palace deserved their win. They were. They were more than worth their win against us. But that fucking penalty was a joke, and it just Can, can I put? Can I pause remarkable. on that? Can, can I pause on this? Because
3: I've had arguments with people on Twitter and in person all week about this. Do you not mm-hmm. think that VAR is not the problem, but the fact that VAR isn't allowing for human indecision? Because according to the rulebook, which the FA have set out and VAR has set out, that is a handball. Like, outside of the T-shirt line, stopping going towards the goal, it is a handball, it's a penalty. But IU has been rewarded from scuffing a shot Yeah. Surely we have to let the human referees Use their brains and think There is no way that Lindelof is ever, ever expecting him To scuff a shot that bad That his hand is in a bad position there Like, I don't think VAR is the problem I think it's the FA or UEFA Or whichever one it is Yeah, it's the application that we're still applying Block-to-block rules with human
1: life It doesn't work But we're not, because when we watch a fucking game later on that night, yeah, where Magalhaes, he fucking hits him square on the arm, and no penalties given. So where's the consistency? Where's the fucking consistency?
3: That's not a VAR Mm -hmm. problem, is it? That's a consistency Uh, problem. Liverpool
1: and City last season. Liverpool and City last season, yeah. City were fucking... City were penalised badly in that game because decisions were not fucking given their way, right? And listen, I'm not... not, I don't want to wax Liverpool and sound like I'm I'm a... Biased it from against Liverpool all the time and stuff. I've seen decisions not go for Liverpool and stuff. No matter how much we want to wind them up, every single team seems to be penalised at different points. Mora last season for Tottenham, he fell on top of the ball. How is he supposed yeah. to help that? And came so that. But that's go my goal chalked.
3: That's my argument completely. that like we're not allowing, we're not allowing humans to make the decisions. We're going off what's written in black and white and what's being showed on a video. Any other sane person in any other sane sport. We'll look at that and think, yeah, Lucas Moore has fallen on the ground. It's hit his arm, but how the fuck could he avoid it? But yeah. the, the problem isn't VAR. The problem isn't the technology. It's our FA applying it. That's the we're biggest it, problem.
2: We're blaming the tool, aren't we? We're blaming the tool like that. Yeah. And you shouldn't. I like workman should never blame his tools. It's a typical adage in it, but. And yeah. I, I agree, we, we need no, to no. apply the rules better and more consistently. But I don't think that the rules will ever be applied consistently enough because they're too complicated and they're too ambiguous. Like they've yeah. tried to clear it up by saying, right, t shirt line is no matter what, handball, but it shouldn't be like that. Because, like in the example of against United, how on he's mm. not, hand, but he's hit his hand, t-shirt line. he's not done it. On What's him. a t shirt line? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, and how's that? It's not specific enough. The, the referees need to make those decisions. They need to watch it back uh, on the VR. need to fucking go over to the monitor, watch it back, and say, Yeah, he's not meant that. So it's not a handball. Or he has meant that. It is a handball. Or he's just obstructed that with his arm. It is a handball. Like, it shouldn't be coming down to no matter what happens, if it hits that part of your body, it is a handball penalty. Because that's wrong because like, then you're gonna, you're gonna end up seeing players chipping the ball onto someone's hand or something. Because the players are good enough to do that. If someone's yeah. got the hand down by the side, they'll just flick it up onto the hand. Like, and that's not handball. They've kicked it against the hand. It's, it's no. a not handball. And and then we're, right, we've not even got onto the fact that Palace changed the penalty taker between. Oh, games.
3: don't even get me fucking started on that.
2: How on earth were they allowed to do that as well? And what I say
3: retake? Oh. It's a penalty retake. That means the person that took it should retake it. Just like the keeper yeah. that saved it should also retake it. Yeah. If well, you're shit enough not. to miss your first penalty, yeah.
1: guess what? You go in again. You know what he said? They were like, "Oh, it's as if the penalty never happened. They're taking it again. Oh, is it? Okay, I'm taking De Gea off. Then I'm going to put Henderson in there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then Henderson saves it. You know, it's just making it. It just make even if it's in the rule book, it just looks fucking sloppy and amateur that you can yeah. make that decision no he's not going to take the penalty anymore well he's just missed a penalty you can't say the penalty didn't happen it did happen we all saw it happen we all saw De Gea save it we all saw IU's face afterwards like oh for fuck's sake I've just missed a penalty yeah. we all know his confidence is now knocked and now you're removing that from the situation and giving them another fucking advantage yeah. well, it's a
2: psychological mean, from, a,
1: from, from a penalty that was given
3: that he got by accident anyway yeah from him fucking up that shot. We all know what he was trying to do there. The hair is like he was well out of position. All you wanted to do there was toe bang it near post, 2 0. Easy. And he's fucked it up that bad that they've been rewarded with a penalty. Yeah.
2: But the thing is, yeah, no, I'm thing not against who they really are. One Sorry, thing I, I don't get about it is that they they can make these decisions and it seems that. When a penalty is scored, that's it. End of. When a penalty is missed or saved, then they're looking for reasons to retake it. It's like they're waiting to try and find anything they can to get the outcome, which is a goal that they want. So if that goal had been scored, did they retake it if the hair was off his line? No. no. If do they retake it if there was encroachment? Well, sometimes they have done, but not always. Like it's, it seems to me that any time a goal is missed or something, or something's offside, they're immediately looking for a way to try and overturn it, rather than just saying, yeah, goal, off you go. But because it was saved, they're looking then, right, is there some is there some way that we can try and get a retake for Palace here? And I'm not just saying it because it's Palace against United, I'm sure it's happened in other games where they've missed it, and then they've found a reason to redo it, or that, that someone's I don't know, been flagged offside and they spend ages trying to see if they can yeah. rule it on somehow. It just doesn't work for me for some reason. And yeah, I, um, I feel yeah.
1: like it's being misproportionately disproportionately applied, uh, unfortunately. The only one that VAR got right all weekend for me was Calvert-Lewin one. That, yeah. that was a very good example of VAR used the way it should be used. Flagged it for offside. Yeah. They've gone back, they've looked over it. No, it came off the West Brom player. Perfectly good goal, that. So you only want to
0: have more. Yeah. It was correctly applied. The, I think the
1: problem
0: was going back to the penalties. <laughs> Sorry, not, not fair, it. it was correctly applied for that. I yeah. think it was correctly applied for the retake of the penalty. However, it wasn't a penalty in the first place. He was off his line. The rule yeah. is, you've got to have a foot on the white of the line. At least yeah. one foot, I think the rule is. He didn't. Yeah. He, he, he jumped a bit too early came off the line great save but fortunately has to retake it and then obviously it was just a, an entire calamity that whole thing wasn't a penalty should, should have allowed for human error from the ref otherwise mm-hmm. what's the point in having referees just have robots do it all if you, yeah you're just gonna go off the robot just have robots don't have I don't think I don't think line. it's human
3: I don't think it's human error that you're saying there I think it is just like Common knowledge, like allow the referees to referee the game like you said don 't don 't make it so robotic. A robot knows a yes and no it doesn 't know the circumstance of someone messing up something or someone falling over and touching the handball yeah. like yeah. they just we 're slating these referees in the VAR when I do feel like they are being held back with it. This technology is should be the best thing that we 've got in our game, and we 're just not. I I, re- I reference it all the time. Think back to the 2018 World Cup. There was not a single fucking complaint about VAR because it was spot on. It was spot on. Everything it. was taken back to the screen and it was referees deciding, did he mean it, yes or no? If he did mean it, give it. If he didn't mean it, fine. You can explain it to the players, move on. You boys know it with rugby. We should be able to hear the referees. I yeah, think okay. that's a big thing. We should be able to hear the referees in football. Um I, obviously, I'm not the biggest rugby fan, but that's one thing that I always take away is the respect for the refereeing team and the fact that you as a fan can hear what's going on. You hear their conversations. If I heard, I can't remember who the referee was for our United game, but if I heard the referee give a clear and concise explanation to Harry Maguire of why they've given that penalty, I wouldn't that's be still be cons- raging about it now. Was that argument? Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't, I'd, I'd still question the decision, but we've heard it from the horse's mouth. we can understand where he's come from but the fact is us as viewers whether you're in the stadium or you're at home we have fuck all knowledge all we are getting is what a robot could do is did it hit yes or no and that's the biggest problem for me
2: so i think one of the biggest issues and, and a way of like rectifying var and the use of it is the problem with it is it's Used and judged by an external set of people sat in a fucking shed somewhere miles away. That's the biggest problem in rugby, in cricket, etc., etc. VAR and well, third match official, video referee. They're used to give the referees another look at something. So, if if it if it's a try in rugby, and they want to determine. If they grounded the ball properly or if there was a forward pass, there's the television match official sat in the box who is talking and communicating with the referee. They're just there to play the clip on and backwards and give a recommendation. The referee, can you hear that
3: conversation back, between the VO referee and the Yeah, yeah you TV. can hear yeah.
2: the that conversation. So, That's what I want. So... What football needs to get to is scrap Stockley Park, scrap them sat in the shed. You don't need them there. You need a television match official who sits and controls the replay according to the referee and how the referee wants. And then the referee uses VAR as an opportunity to have another look at a decision that he's already made. And the decision should let, let rest with the referee, not someone telling him, well, we think it's this, so go with that. Because what that does... Is it means that they probably they will sometimes not make a decision that undermines the referee because it might knock the confidence of the referee himself to make future decisions, but it also means that the referee is then solely in charge. He's not having external dictate dictation. You you've not got linesmen being told not to put the flag up until a goal's been scored in case it's off in case it puts the player off. There are fucking linesmen. The job's to put the flag up if someone's offside. And that's what we need to get back to. We need to get back to using the video referee, video assistant referee, just as a video for the referee to go and have a look at if he needs to have another look at a situation that's happened. And that's it. Scrap the people at Stockley Park because that's what's causing a lot of the problem, I think.
1: You're not know, I thinking I think you that was improved under the referee now. Gone, Josh, sorry.
0: Yeah. Now, all I was going to say was going back to that point about the whole fucking shed at Stockley Park. Like, where did that idea come from? Why did we need that? Why did we deviate from other sports that have been doing it for years? We
3: said this a couple of weeks ago,
0: Like, what's the point in it? Like, is it is it some pretentious FA idea, like, oh well, this is football, this is the number one sport in the country, so we have to do it differently and better. And we we're not as you know, when we're not lower than than this. We have to make our own decisions. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. I think it's I think it's
3: football. Um, I think that's football wanting to um, be the almighty be the number one wanting to be different Um, eventually probably wanting people to like other sports to follow football thinking this is the right way Uh, you boys come from the rugby I watch it in the NFL the NFL season started last week or the week before so I've seen video refereeing work absolutely fucking perfect I think a challenge system would be good yeah, because they use a challenge system in America. I think that would be a really interesting way to use it. Uh, I'm not sure how we could quite implement it, but we can discuss that another day. But I think, like you said, we need to hear that communication. I want to hear the VAR referee telling the match official, you should go and see this because X, Y, Z. And then having that conversation of, oh, yeah, well, he's fallen over or has he thrown his hand into it? it I agree with you, Collins. I think the standard of refereeing is poor. And I think it's been poor for years. It's been very poor since I know we're gonna get mean for this, but Howard Webb since he went. Um mm-hmm. and the lad that went to the lad that went to Saudi Arabia. Um You're like, yeah. <laughs> like, I can't remember he did he did soccer a the other week. Yeah, I, I, I know I know that from, uh, Klattenberg. Klattenberg. Oh, Yeah, that's the one. I think those two sounds, and it was yeah. and it was clear that those were our best two because those were the only two that were sent to World Cup tournaments and the Euros. Yeah.
1: And we've not had any since. No. I'm gonna say, let me just, I know a lot like I'm having a stroke right now because he makes me angry even, even thinking about him or saying his name. I would rather have David Ellery come back <laughs> than this standard of officiating that we are seeing in the Premier League at the moment. They had it on. Oh, what game was it? What game was on the event? It was Sheffield United last night. Sheffield United. Yeah, and they were talking about the red card that Egan got. And it wasn't a red card. I don't know if you saw the game. It was not a red card at all. No. It was not the last man. It was cynical. It should have been a booking. But it was the fact that the referee didn't even consult with the technology that's available to him, just literally ran over from 30, 40 yards away. Jamie Carragher was lambasting him for it, and rightly so. Red card straight away. The linesman, who was literally looking directly at what was going on, flashed for a throw in. He didn't even pick up on it. And referee forty yards back there is running out without even consulting with the video technology, red card straight away. Go and look at the monitor and look what happened and you will see it's not a red card. It's not card.
3: Contrasting that to the Chelsea Liverpool game, where Christensen got given a yellow card because the referee was forty yards away, which every man
1: and the dog knew it was an instant red. It was assault. Mane was literally wearing him as a backpack, running in on goal. It was that bad. He was climbing all over him. Yeah, so there's the consistency (laughs) issue. One that wasn't a red was given and wasn't
3: even looked. And one that was instantly a red was given a yellow and the referee was forced to go and look at the the video. It's,
1: It's a sham, honestly. I'll tell you what's happened there, because Liverpool and Chelsea was the day before Sheffield United and Aston Villa. That referee who was in charge of Sheffield United and Aston Villa. Has seen what's happened in the Chelsea Liverpool game. He's obviously seen that it's a, a fairly similar situation where he thinks it's last man, and he's for oh, they got it wrong yesterday, given a yellow. I'm just going to go, go, go. It's red card. That it's
3: pointless. So like,
1: give 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 the yellow. The,
3: give the yellow, and then you can rectify it. Because like, it was it was probably a foul. Give the yellow. You can change it to a red if need be. Like the Carl Walker Peters one, where he was given a red, and he went and rectified it. It, oh, it
1: pisses me off so much.
2: You could go on about it all
1: day, couldn't we? But like to, to finish off anyway, because we started sort of approaching it a little bit. We've got two weeks of fixtures to go over, pretty much, have not we? High flyers at the moment. Everton, we've talked about them. Everton are looking fantastic at the moment. Liverpool have done, without looking fantastic, they've done what they needed to do so far. They've picked up two wins without looking especially good, which is scary when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Palace, fantastic at the moment. Can't fault Palace at all. Surprise mm-hmm. result, first game of the season.
0: One on, Josh. Proving me, based on what I said when I was predicting who'd go down, I put Palace as my third team to go down. I put Palace and all, mate, and Brighton, and Brighton
3: look like they've turned it around yeah. after that loss against Chelsea. They look brilliant against Newcastle. I yeah.
0: think those six points right form, that have right. picked up already will save them. I Because yeah. I think they will get worse. Of course they'll get worse. They're not going to win all the games, are they? But <laughs> Palace, I think, have started well and they'll fade and they'll get worse and worse as the league goes yeah. on. But those six points that they've accrued already could just be what saved them from the drop this year. I know it's Absolutely. early days, but I do think it could be the case. The other team I wanted to discuss, like I know not glossing
1: over everyone else. There's a couple of teams actually. And the first one we'll go on. Newcastle, which I not did anyone see that result against Brighton coming? I didn't. Yeah.
3: No, I didn't. Not after the way they fucking dispatched of West Ham so comfortably. Well,
2: I think that's more how bad West Ham are. Um, yeah. I watched Brighton against Chelsea and I thought they were excellent. Um, and when, I mean they were very unlucky to lose that game against Chelsea. Unlucky to lose, yeah. And I thought that Brighton was going to be an incredibly difficult game for Newcastle, who I thought would, would probably be buoyant because of the performance against West Ham. But I, I thought Brighton might be a step too far for them because they they were brilliant against um, against Chelsea. And to be completely honest with you, I'm shitting myself for Manchester United to play them this weekend. Um, because, Is that who we've got? Yeah. Got Brighton, yeah, and and they they were really good. (laughs) Crossard looks like a a great player again. Um, And the striker as well, what's his name? Um, Marpe. Yeah, they just look quality. Really, really well drilled. That um, Graham Potter has got them playing some really, really nice attacking football and defensively the the class as well. So, Tariq
3: Lampty looks like the second coming of cafe. He's well good. I'd have him at United. (sighs) Lamptey is classed. He's he looks so, unreal, doesn't he? Another yeah. one that Chelsea have just let go, yeah. And they'll come back to bite them, they'll probably end up signing him when quite is finished. And if well, the Rhys James looks great, Rhys James
1: had a fantastic start to the season. Well, he, made uh, but he, he's, he made a sprint, sorry, Danny, just because right. I forget this if I don't say it. He made he, he sprinted at one point and reached a speed against Newcastle of 35 kilometers an hour. That's yeah. insane. That's insane. He's got he's got a big move ahead of him. That that kid.
3: he looks really really good, and if you look at the top clubs that are not well stacked in forward positions, I'm looking at Manchester City right now. That is yeah. crying out for a new right back. Wouldn't be shocked if in one or two years he ends up at say him because we've got we've got Wambsakar, Liverpool have got Trent, Chelsea have got James, Arsenal have got um, Arsenal maybe. He looks like he could be a fucking Arsenal player, actually. is finished, and Cedric's Cedric's nothing. But no, well, I'm really impressed with Brighton. I'm really impressed with. The, i I like Josh said, he wanted, he predicted, not wanted. Well, not, he did want. He don't like Palace. Um, no,
0: we've got them this weekend, so I hope we stuff them and
3: send them down. <laughs> <laughs> like I predicted, either one of Palace or Brighton to go down, and they both they both shocked me. They like convincing wins, like Palace especially. Um, they, they made Southampton look very ordinary in the first game they made us look fucking shit so
1: I can't knock I can't knock them I'm worried about Southampton Southampton with the other team I wanted to there's a couple of teams struggling I didn't think Villa looked great last night and I think they're going to have a long season Sheffield United I know have had a bad start but I think they've been very unlucky and the fact that apart from the first five minutes against Wolves they look good and he had a man sent off last night, which was always going to be hard, especially early on. Southampton are worrying me. I don't know if it's a repeat of what happened last season and they're going to have a really good end to the season again. And if it started dodgy, but they just look poor, Southampton. And the Cup as well, for them to go out in the Cup so early yeah. yeah. And did you see the lineup
3: they put out in that Cup game? Strong team. It was full strength. Strong team. Full strength. Yeah, Southampton, Southampton are in a bit of a bad do. Um I think they'll come good. They look really good against Spurs for the first 45 minutes, and then I think Spurs finally woke up. Um but you play that way if you're Southampton against many other teams and you're gonna get three points. Um Danny Ing's getting two goals is definitely Che Adams is the weird one for me. He looked nice. so good dropping off. His link up plays superb. I just don't think he's got that confidence in front of goal yet. And he, he just needs he straight. just needs
1: one some good goals
3: um, Yeah. Adam's goal. yeah. I, I I'll I'll bring them up now. Um we'll have an interesting debate. Leeds.
0: Mm. You can't carry on playing yeah. like that to
3: expect to, to get results. The defences yeah, mm-hmm. regardless of where they're gonna finish, are they or are they not gonna be the team to watch this season?
1: Oh, they're entertaining. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, because every game's going to have seven or eight goals in it.
0: <laughs> a lot of entertainment value this year to watch. Yeah. A lot of entertainment value. Go,
3: going forward, they're, they're fantastic. Three goals against the champions, four against
1: Fulham, but you can't leak seven goals as well. No. They're going to get punished. They're just going to get found out very quickly. There certain teams that they can't break down defensively, like Liverpool were uncharacteristically shocking at the back on that yeah, third game. Fulham are Fulham. You know, Fulham is just bad anyway. Fulham are um, down. Yeah, they are going straight down back, back to the championship. I'm not even going to talk about Fulham apart from what we've just said there. They're going to come up against teams like, you know, Spurs. Arsenal, Arsenal, who are much improved. Spurs, who are obviously much improved. Wolves. Imagine imagine Leeds playing Wolves right now. Wolves are a terrible so. Sheffield United, they've got Sheffield United next, next weekend. And I know Sheffield United have had a bad start to the season. And I know Leeds will be going into that as favourites, probably a lot, including the bookies that will be backing them. It would not surprise me at all to see Sheffield United win that 2-3-0. Just to hit them on the break, solid at the back, hit them on the break and just score goal after goal. Because I just don't fancy Leeds at the back at all. Going forward, uh, they're a joy to watch. Some of the players have been outstanding. Costa's been great. Click, I think, has been their best player. Bamford is, is proving me right. I thought he'd be all right, but he's he's proven to be a lot better in the Premier League than I thought he would be. It's defensively. I think
0: he'll come... I think he'll struggle against a strong defence, though. I do. I don't think... I can't see Bamford scoring against, a, you know, like a Liverpool or a Chelsea. Like, the big... The really big clubs, the Man Cities. I just don't think he's good enough to break good defensive oh, lines. I
2: agree. You know... Where I think Leeds will get unstuck, they'll get unstuck against teams like Burnley, who mm. will just defend against them um, and then hit them on the counter because that's what Burnley do. That's what they're good at. Palace will probably be the same. Um, just teams like that. Brighton, I think, will probably beat Leeds as well. Those will be the games. Le- Leeds, there will be a a big team, a big team game, a big match team, if that makes sense. So yeah, they'll turn up for the huge fixtures, the home and aways against all the top six, against Wolves, um, teams like that. But then they'll play teams like Newcastle and Burnley and Palace and Brighton and they'll come unstuck because they won't be giving them all the space that they want to run into. Um, and that's where they'll they'll lose points, I think. Um, so and, and they'll and lose against big teams as well. They're not gonna, obviously not going to fucking beat all the big teams. They'll beat United home and away because that's, that's the rule in it. But,
3: As this sounds vaguely like us, sounds vaguely like us do really well against the top six and then struggle in them shitters. You know who leagues
0: are gonna turn up against and have the best game? (laughs) Oh, yeah, Yeah, yeah. they're they're well up for it. That game, that's the game.
3: Did anyone just see that
2: save by Dean Henderson?
3: Yeah, I I kept quiet because it was like a minute ago.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm on a bad stream,
1: yeah. Um. I, yeah, the I, game. I looked at the fixtures on purpose because I, I wanted to see when we had leads. Because I, I thought if we have got leads soon, playing like this, I can't be arsed, man. I am going on holiday. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. To support us, please follow us on social media by searching for at four monks one on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast stations, including Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts and Anchor, as well as YouTube. Just search for 4 Manx one toffee Thanks from myself, Lee, Danny, Dale and Josh, and we'll catch you next time.